And once again, we have returned. Yes! To when Dove's podcast. Galloping triumphantly back. Triumph on horses. On our horses. Because yes. as we know, as we as we know, Prince loves horses. He loves horses. And since we, we are recording this live in Amish country, we've been relegated to the fact that we're not allowed to use motorized vehicles. No, not at all. Um, I love me some Amish. I did an Amish tour down in Lancaster once with the Mennonites. It was fascinating. So, did the Mennonites and the Amish get into a rumble, just in the shark style? It's, it's, it's very, it's very West Side Story. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, uh, as I mentioned in an earlier podcast, I am a big fan of the movie Witness. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Harrison yeah. Ford, his Absolutely. only Academy Award nomination yep. was for Witness. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Great movie. Shot partly shot in Lancaster County, near where we're, we're, we're recording this particular podcast, right. and also shot at the beautiful, one of my favorite buildings. In Philadelphia at the wonderful 30th Street Station. Yes, that's sort of is, where the beginning of the film is. Yes. Or not the beginning, but like not far from the beginning. Say the inciting incident. Let us that. say the inciting incident. Well said, Edward. Uh, I'm Jared. Oh, I'm Ed. He's Ed. And well, we are, he's, yeah, unless he was talking to himself. Unless he was talking to himself. <laughs> and we are your hosts of When Dove's Podcast. Yes. Thanks for the joining Wendell us. The Wendove slash Harrison Ford Slash Amish versus Mennonite podcast. We kind of dive deep into all those subjects on this. We want to give you a a wide range of knowledge. Absolutely. We're not going to limit it just to Princeton. No, of course not. No, we want to be be all encompassing. We want to be, we want to have a worldview. We want you guys to come to us as your sole source of information about how the world operates, what is relevant in the world (laughs) to these days, and what's meaningful in your life. I just want to say uh, that feels ambitious. And, uh, but we're ambitious people. Well, we are ambitious th- people. It's true. Inspired by the source of the whole person that we're doing this podcast, Prince, who was ambitious. We're right. trying to follow his lead here. Not Amish. He was not Amish. Maybe yet. he met Harrison Ford at some point. That's possible, I suppose. Maybe. I mean, he moved around in Hollywood circles from Absolutely. time to time. He might have seen him somewhere. Yeah, yeah sure. I'd like to think about Harrison Ford. Indiana Jones and Han Solo hanging out with Prince. That'd be kind of fun. That'd be super fun. Yeah. I'm into it. Okay. Uh, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> to part two. Part two. Part two of Graffiti Bridge. Graffiti, Graffiti Bridge. Bridge. As you might recall, we were stuck because the bridge went up and there was a toll we had to pay. Yeah, and we love the view. The view was great. Views, we love the view from, from the, the bridge. bridge. Thank you, Arthur Miller. Yep. Not related to Ed Miller. Nope. In any way. Nope. Um, so we're here to dive into part two. Ed, um, I wanted to say that uh, we've been neglecting the fact to mention that we do have our Prince oh, devotional bad. candle burning. We do burn it every single episode. We do. He's been burning with us for a while here. I mean, I'm afraid. Well, I guess we don't need to get a new one yet. He's about halfway all he's the way down. He's about halfway down, yeah. We'll have to get a new one soonish. Yeah. But he's been yeah. doing well by us since we started recording these episodes. Yep. Which is great. Ed, are you wearing anything... Particularly interesting today. We haven't done this feature. I'll let bit. you. I'll let you be the judge of that, Jared. But uh, I don't want to just. Well, say I judge that. all the time. Well, that's true. I, I noticed that. But the um, I am wearing a Miles Davis tee. Appropriate, because as we know, our guy was huge, huge Miles fan. Yeah, Miles Davis. Yeah. Because how could you not be? Can't be. Miles, can't is, be. Miles is just beyond. Again, one of the um, one of the reasons I mentioned this in another podcast. One of the reasons I love Prince is that. Anything he would drop or hint about other artists, I would dig in, and he was my door to Miles Davis, yeah, and, right, and, and it right. because, and we'll get to the review of the, Under the Cherry Moon at some point, in one of the scenes in Prince's bedroom, on a chair, was an LP that said Miles Davis, I forget which album it was. Yeah. I'm like, who's this Miles Davis guy? And then, boom. There it was. There it was. How yeah. about you? What you got going on? Well, today I have on a Velvet Underground t-shirt. Oh. Um, the Velvet Underground, one of my favorite bands, uh, for those who are listening who may not know. There's not any kind of direct correlation between the Velvet Underground and Prince, but the Velvet Underground was a short-lived band. They, were, they only released four albums in the late '60s, and uh, you know, 1970, if you want to count that last one. And um, they're primarily known for being the launching uh, launching space for yeah. Lou Reed, Lou Reed, who's I Fantastic. think one of the great songwriters of our time. Absolutely. And I'm a giant, crazy Lou Reed fan. Yep. So I'm wearing a Lou Reed shirt. I don't know if Lou and Prince ever met. They may have somewhere. Eh, I don't know. That's also possible. It's some kind of like an awards thing. Yeah, or, maybe. But also didn't run in the same kind of circles. I but, doubt it. <laughs> but I will say this. Lou Reed was a giant, crazy doo-wop fan. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. So, huh. and, and soul soul music and stuff like okay. that. So there you go. I'm That's sure cool. they appreciate each other's art. I'm sure they did. How could you not? Yeah. So there you have it. Um, and so... The only little facts and figure we're going to give right now, because we gave a ton before, is we are going to give... You do a little Discogs? A little Discogs. Okay. So doing a little research on what was the most valuable 
vinyl copy of Graffiti Bridge that I could find. And like, again, like with a lot of these, there's a lot of, there's a lot of copies available. Um, I don't know what year this was. Why can't I find the year? That's weird. But anyway, there was a re-release, a Mm. reissue of Graffiti Bridge on vinyl, and it was called the Club Edition. And I don't know if that means fan club. Was it the MBG Club? It doesn't say that. It just says maybe that's what it is. But it just says it just says Club Edition. Hmm. But that went. The top price for that is one hundred and five dollars and forty three cents. Wow! So if you got your hands on that one, that's a good one to have. Yeah, nice investment there. Yeah, nice little investment there for sure. Feel free to pass it along to Jared and Ed. Yeah. Just that like, was our research assistant, John, yeah, saying that. that was John. Thanks, was John. John. You could tell because he's got that Swedish lilt to his voice. Great. So, Edward. So, where, where, where have we come from? We've come from some, you know, we've had some split decisions on some of these prior tracks. We have. This is, this, is um, a, this, this one and the Batman album. Batman was contentious, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I think people are getting uncomfortable with how contentious it was. Let's just be honest. It was contentious. Um, but yeah, so some contention on the first disc of this uh, two-parter. Yeah. I um, mean, the the previous one was the penultimate version of the podcast, of the two podcasts, uh, if I recall. And now we're on to the next. Ed learned the, the new word, and he's feeling pretty good <laughs> I'm about it. I'm trying to use it when I can. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 been interesting going through those first nine tracks. You know, a couple that were like, mm, Prince... Like we said at the top of that first podcast for Graffiti Bridge, uh, maybe the Times Prince was trying to incorporate the new Jack Swing style. Maybe not so successful, but when he was leaned into his kind of his regular material or stuff that wasn't necessarily new Jack Swing, kind of knocking it out of the ballpark a little bit on some of those tracks coming as we get into side two. Yeah, our, you know, our, our I'll, I'll say this: I, I know we're gonna we're gonna give our old oh, impression. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I will say that the this album has a lot of on the whole. Real highs and real lows for me. Mm, okay. That's sort of how I'm feeling about it. But okay. without without going yeah. too far afield, let us let us dive back in, shall we? Yeah. So the first track on the second disc, the second album, second whatever, album, second yeah. album, is titled "Love Machine" by the Time. You're a bit of a love machine. That's the word around Harrisburg, anyway. Yeah, that's a great track, Love Machine. The one from uh, Just a Love Machine. Oh, yeah. Who, who, who's that? Just a love machine. I'll have to look that up real quick. Who sings that? We aren't really sure. Hey. We'll have to look it up. And I'll tell you right now, as a little factoid, uh, a great cover of that song, Wham. Wham does a cover of Love yeah, Machine? On their first album. They do Love Machine oh. as a cover. Wham. Not a great cover of it, but it's okay. Um, R.I.P. George I, I got Michael. love for Wham. I always Andrew Ridgely's still kicking around. Somewhere. I don't know, if I don't he's know doing. what he's doing. Where's his material coming out? Uh, so let's, yeah, let's talk about Love Machine, the track. The track, by the um, time. This, this one, by the time. I mean, I, I think it's a jam. I like the production here. I think there's a lot of sampling going on, a lot of voices. I think Prince does a lot of interesting things in the mix. Um, you know, The one thing that I like that stood out to me in this track is the conversation between Morris and the female singer at the end of the track. Hmm. Um, you know, there's a series of questions that are asked. And I think what I found interesting about the approach here is that it feels like it gives agency to the partner in the scenario that's going on. Like there's questions that's being asked on either side hmm. and there's like an efficiency in the responses. I can get a sense of who these people are just by the way they respond to these questions. Okay. You know, um, like, and there, there's some humor and some, like, I, I like the responses. Like Morris Day says, should we imagine we're alone? And she says, what can I say to that? And Cindy says, should we imagine each other naked? And she says, shit, <laughs> you know, um, are you going to kiss me quietly? She says, well, can't you hear me? Like, it's it just, I just like the kind of, um, tit for tat that's happening there. Okay. At the end, and I found that very intriguing. And I love the question that's posed at one point. Are you playing the part of a shadow? He asks her mm-hmm. at some point. So I, I dig this song. I think it's a pretty cool song. The, this idea of letting go all your fears, all your inhibitions to fall in love and allow yourself to get caught up in this machinery of love. I, I, I find it kind of intriguing. Before I pop it over for you, because I can feel the disagreement already occurring, <laughs> is that 
is that the female singer, there's some there's some personnel on this album that just, they're kind of like one-offs. I've never heard of these people before. Only know because we're doing the podcast yeah. and digging into this a little deeper. Yeah. So the female singer on this track is a woman named Elisa, I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing this, Fiorello, maybe? F-I-O-R-I-L-L-O. Fiorello, probably. Fiorello. Um, born and raised Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Hey, represent. Our, well, my age. Uh, my age. Her father was a classical pianist and a music professor at Temple University in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia. So I just wanted to give that another. We had a little tie-in with Pennsylvania in the last pod. We got Elisa here giving us a little tie-in on this part of the How pod. interesting. Yeah. And she she, she she signed to, actually, I think she signed to Chrysalis. She was it what's it, Chrysalis? What's Chrysalis, yeah, Chrysalis yeah, she Records. Chrysalis, and I don't even know. She was found by Jelly Bean Johnson from the time, who introduced her to Prince, and then I guess they had a friendship or whatever, and then she was brought into the Graffiti Bridge Project and How a couple that? other projects as well. So Philadelphia's own. There you go. That's so shout out to Philly. Shout out to Philly. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What do you think about this one, though? Well, so I, there's something I want to say about it, which, which, I, which I think... Because I, I don't I don't care for this track, but I think yeah. I think there's a reason why I'm not, and I and I'm wondering I'm wondering about it. Yeah, sure. So I had never listened to Graffiti Bridge before, right? Yeah. In its entirety, yeah. I knew the singles and so forth and so on. So in the context again of what we're doing, of course I'm listening to it digitally, right? Yeah. So I'm hearing the tracks one right after another. There's no appreciable break. I have to look online to see where the album breaks right. are and so forth right. and so on. Right. So bearing that in mind, and I've been thinking about this. Um, this album, the, excuse me, this track, Love Machine, following Join Repetition, of, yeah. right, feels like, to me, so what I wrote was, this feels like a precipitous drop. I could see that. I mean, right? yeah, yeah. So now, if this if this was a situation where, like, I took one cassette out and I had to put another one in, and I'm like, oh, here we go, we're starting off with some kind of jam. Following Join Repetition, I, I, I didn't like this. Yeah, you know, like I, guess, I, I can understand that, right? I didn't like because Joint Repetition is such a triumph. Epic. It's epic. Such a tr- so like what do I have here? Like this is more New Jack Swing. Um, I like I like the rhythm of it, you know. Right. But it feels silly in comparison to what we just listened to. Right. Um, so I, again, I like the. Rhythm I like your it, reconsideration here because, and I want to get ahead of this, but the, like the next couple tracks, there, there's kind of an interesting theme going. We got this one that we're going to tick tick bang. Right. So there is. There's definitely a shift going on. There's there a big shift in going the material. On. So that's a good point because you do lose this end of the sequencing. We are just listening to it straight through. Right. It changes. It changes how you hear it. Absolutely. It changes how you I'm hear it. You so there. so I want yeah. to be fair to it because I'm of course I'm not anti-time. That is well established. Yeah. But I'm I didn't like this because of where it falls. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's all, kind of all I got on that one. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would say go back and those that. That, that kind of questions back and forth. I think you're going to find those a little more interesting if you kind of give that another. And I, and I, I I'll give it another yeah. listen. Yeah, especially since you're feeling so strongly about yeah. it. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the next one. Um, tick tick bang. I could listen. There's a place I could go with the question here, but I'm not going to worry about it. I'll just say <laughs> that's fair. I'll just say we're all grateful. This is another older song, so yeah. I'm just curious. What did you think about this kind of reimagining of this 1981 track? For well, Prince I mean, first of all, subtle. This one ain't nah. right. It ain't subtle. Nah. Um, but I do, I do got to say the line every every time you tick, I'd rather you bang. That's pretty good. Yes, that's pretty it's, good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I like the chiming keyboards in it. They're sort of like yeah. chiming sounds. Yeah. It gives a lightness to the song that's welcome. I think, and that's because the there's a relentlessness of the drum pattern to me. So uh, I like I like the the lightness that the, the keyboards bring in. There's some good vocal stuff, particularly for me on the back end of the track. There's some there's some good vocal stuff. That's kind of all I got on this. Like, I, oh. I wasn't, like, Tick, Tick, Bang didn't set me on fire. I don't hate it, but yeah. I wasn't like, yeah, Tick, Tick, Bang. It doesn't do and I'm going to be honest with you, I thought you would really have liked this track. Oh, is that right? I really did, because I just thought the guitar in it was yeah. so, like, in it, just kind of just yeah. wailing and yeah. grinding out. Like, I thought you were going to love the song. So I'm just surprised to hear yeah. that you didn't like it, but that's, I, it's cool. Um, I like his vocal here. I love the use of his, his own voice for the backing vocals. Some of the harmonies he's layering on for himself yeah. are just so good. He's just so good at that 
And it's such an odd drum track. Like, it is. I was trying to follow it on the re-listen and try to get the bass drum, how it's how it's happening, and I couldn't I couldn't quite get the rhythm well, together I think in my mind. That's why I said it's relentless. Yeah. I feel like it's relentless. It's so that, inter- drum track. that part of it's yeah. interesting to me. And it's almost like a knocking on the door, like just kind of a banging the way the bass drum is kind of hitting on these odd rhythmic uh, notes. Um, and then there's all these other like kind of stuttering and puttering noises around it. And like I was saying to you before, like this nasty guitar is underneath it all, just always under it. It's kind of, it's, I, I dig it. I think it's a cool song. Again, I think it'd be worth a listen to all, to you, Jared, and anybody else out there who's interested. You could find this on YouTube. Yeah. Cause this was released as part of some of the deluxe uh, releases by the estate. This is an 81 uh, song track. Right. And I listened to the original just to compare it. It's so punk. Yeah. And it's so interesting and manic. Yeah. Now, whereas I preferred, um, like, Bull Generation to New Power Generation on the previous pod, on the, on the first album. Right. I actually like these both as two separate tracks. I right. think the 81 version has its own life, and it makes sense to me. And this, I kind of dig their, the way he rearranged it, too. So, um, the only thing I would say is, I don't know, Prince at this time, it's, what, 1990. We've been through all his kind of blue material at this point. I just feel like he's he's moved beyond this type of stuff. Like I agree. That's, I the, agree. that's the one thing I don't like about this song. Like you said, it's so like he's not being subtle. He's not being clever with innuendo here. Right. This this made a lot more sense for him in 1981 when he was yes. still tw- like I 20 years old. Couldn't agree more. Than when he's 30 years old. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to track number 11. This is another time track. This is titled Shake. Shake it. What do you got? I do like a good shake. I like. I, I'm a person who. I'm a, I just pretended you asked me this question, so I'm just going to answer a question you didn't ask me. I like vanilla shakes, Jared. Vanil- yeah, I like a vanilla shake. Do you prefer it over chocolate, or do you like a mix of a shake? Or no, no, like I prefer. I prefer a vanilla shake. Actually, truthfully, I don't care for chocolate shakes. Me too. I don't. I, I, this I, is why we're. I was trying to. I'm like, why am I friends with Jared? Because it makes no why sense. Are we friends? It makes no sense. I don't at like all. chocolate shakes because we like vanilla shakes. I don't even like chocolate ice cream that much. Really? So yeah, I don't I, mind it, but I love a vanilla shake. I love a love vanilla it. shake. I also like a strawberry shake. I'm not a big fan of the no. Strawberry I like shake. strawberry shake. You ever have a blueberry shake? Oh my god, it's so good. Have you ever gone over to? Or we have a state near us called New Jersey. They they have a lot of blueberries <laughs> over there. Do you have you ever done a, like a girl I was dating at the time from Jersey? Took me to this place on what's the main route that goes to Atlantic City, but not the expressway. It's like another more rural route. I have no idea. Anyway, there's a blueberry field near yeah. there, and they, there's an ice cream place right there. Yeah, and they're famous for their blueberry ice cream and blueberry shakes. shakes. Oh my god, are they good? You know what I had once? A Concord grape shake. How was that? It was outstanding. Really, it was really good. Okay. Anyway. All right, shake. shakes. <laughs> we're back to shakes. We're back to shakes. I mean, look at I like it. It has a it has like a wild thing. If we're talking about the tone loke, we were mentioning tone loke. I think yeah. in the previous pod, it has that kind of wild thing guitar on the bottom. It's like kind of the built. It's the foundation of the song. It's like a sixties. It sounds like it's almost a sixties garage jam like dance track from the sixties, yeah. like a throwback. Yeah. Yep. I like the little guitar hook. So yeah. So with shake, you know. So Ed, you were talking about how you thought it was a single. I thought it was a single. So the the research that I had done initially. Uh, rather, the research team did. Because I'm overviewing their work, obviously. That was me. Right. Okay. Thanks, Freddie. Uh, we're gonna need, I don't know why his name is Freddie. <laughs> anyway, it didn't say that Shake was, no, it was a single. was John. Right? John. John. The Italian, John. The Swedish guy. <laughs> Swedish guy. Anyway, so it, it, the stuff I read said that Shake was not a single. However, if you look up just the, sing, the, the song Shake... It says it was a single. Yeah, the fifth release. So what I'm wondering is, was there some confusion about... Because it was released under the time as Maybe. opposed to Prince, possibly. Yeah. So it was a single. It was. So I apologize that I said it wasn't. It was. Yeah. And you had named it as such, so you good. were right about that. Well, blah, I mean, blah, blah, not, blah 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 blah. I, I, I sit here not surprised. I guess is what I'm saying. But um, <sighs> oh boy, Nelly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Go ahead. What were you saying about no, no, it? No, I was pretty much done with. I mean, there's not a lot to say. It's pretty. It's a, not a complicated or complex song. Right. right. Um, I just. I just thought it might have maybe done better as a single because it was it's 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 it's, it's a fun little jam, but it's nothing like groundbreaking or anything like that. No, and I think I want to comment on something that is like you know here's my take on it, but 
I want to echo something that you said, which I think is right on the money. This does feel, I mean, I, I, this is what I wrote here. It's clearly an attempt to emulate all those pop songs from the 60s that were extolling whatever the new dance craze was. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yep. In fact, Otis Redding has a tune called Shake. Do you know that one? Oh, yeah. Which yeah, is an absolute banger. Yeah, this doesn't sound like this, this, doesn't sound like yeah. this at all, but that yeah. Shake is a great song. Yeah. This is pretty simple in construction and style, although I do think there's a pretty funny line here. I love Lucy standing there with the false hair on. Don't shake it too hard or that hair will be gone. That's pretty funny. And then I think they go, whoop, yeah. They have like, like yeah. a sound effect around that's, it, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll say, too, it's odd to me, I think, that so many of the reviews praise the time so much on the whole on this record because it feels to me like I feel like the stuff that the time has on Graffiti Bridge is clearly inferior to what Prince kept for himself. Mm. Um, and, it, and I feel like all of their stuff, on this record in particular, it all feels a little obvious. It all feels a little crude. Mm. It's not very sophisticated. Like, maybe Prince was using him to get that side out of himself. I, I would agree You know, like, yeah. like he, frankly, like, maybe he should have done it on Love Sexy, maybe. Like, it feels like he's using them in, 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 in a way that's not to their benefit We'll be back after a quick break. Is real music dying? What even is real music, and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician, and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird, and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer, or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. In my opinion, or the album on the whole, whole's benefit. Well, I think, too, that he, you know, in terms of the concept of the project, I mean, he's trying, and again, we haven't watch the film. I've mentioned that I've never got through the full film, but I, I know what the film is generally about. Right. You no, know, Prince is trying to separate, creating this divine, this, this defined line between more spiritual pursuits and more base, what's called base pursuits. Yeah, sure, And sure. I think the time represents represent that. that. So yeah. they're going to get that type of material. Plus, he's obviously going to keep the better material for Well, himself. of course. Of course. You know. Of course. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. All right. So... Uh, and just as a follow-up to that single thing, I did find... I. It's interesting because it does say you mentioned a maxi single for Melody Cool. Shake apparently was a maxi single too, but there's no charting information for it. Right. That I'm seeing. So right. I don't know what's going on with that. But all right. So we're gonna move on here to what well, this was the first single off the album. It's called Thieves in the Temple. Yeah, I'm, I'm wary of thieves in the temple. They they make me nervous. Um, this is a great, great single. It's just it's great. There's, I mean, clearly, well, I would argue that this is probably the song that people, the casual listener, would most know is "Thieves in the Temple." Probably it was the biggest hit. It was yeah, the biggest hit for sure. Um, and I and for me, this is the first great song on this album since "Join Repetition." Um, I love the harmonica solo. That's a rare occurrence in Prince Records to hear a harmonica. Yeah, and I really, yeah. I really dig it. This song, it's got, it's got a lot of mystery to it, right? It's got some urgency. It's and it feels unique as well. Um, almost like a, there's almost like a slight Middle Eastern vibe to it in some way, right? Um, and, and to go back to the harmonica for a second, the harmonica speaks to his blues background, which he doesn't. Mm. He doesn't pl- yeah. like lean into or acknowledge that much. He could play the blues all day if he wanted to, yeah. Yeah. but he doesn't. So I, I like that the harmonica sort of speaks to that. Um, yeah, I love Thieves in the Temple. It's it's a dark, haunting, mysterious song. What is the temple? What are the thieves doing? What are they stealing? You know, the temple of your heart, the temple of your body, the temple of your soul, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, all those things. Yeah. All those things. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm here for the thieves in the temple. You're here for it. What about you, Edward? I mean, I, I'm actually going to echo a lot of things you said. I think this is such a unique track. There's yeah. nothing in this catalog, catalog that sounds like this at all. No. But for me, I like it and I don't like it. Okay. I, I actually... I'm. Uh, 
I, is I, it too different? I think so. I think for me, it's just a little too different. I, have, I say it has a Middle Eastern feel, just like you said. The lyrics here are nothing special to me. Love come quick. Love come in a hurry. Right. Leaves in the temple tonight. Okay. I do dig the harmonica, um, you know, because, again, it's so rare to hear anything yeah. like that in a Prince song. Um I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Like uh, I remember liking the track when it came out, but it wasn't like one of his epic first releases, like yeah. uh, Raspberry Beret, Kiss, Apple sure. Street, etc. <laughs> Even Bat Dance, for that matter, where it was like an all in like this guy has just landed this amazing right. track. Right. It's a unique track. It's a very different track, and I give him credit for that. But it's not personally one of my favorites. Um, but I'll say this: we won't hear this type of stuff, in my opinion, until we get to the song Seven. I totally agree. Um, and a couple Compl- albums from now. Completely agree. They're, they are yeah. kissing cousins. They have each seeds. Other. Seeds are yeah. planted for that. Agreed. Agreed. Cool. All right. So moving on to track number uh, 13 on Graffiti Bridge. This is called The Latest Fashion. I needed you. I know. I said that I'd be So Ed, this 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 song, uh, he can Ed likes it when I fumble the joke out of the gate. I just because I, I always said I almost sense where you're going next with stuff. Right, like right, right. So this is this yeah. one is uh, this is the time again. It is the time with Prince. Yep, fully Prince involved. Yep, um, and being the fashion maven that you are. Fashion plate that you are. What is your take on the latest fashion? First thing about that was gout. <laughs> say gout a lot in there. I mean, look, it's a groove. It's a nice bottom. Uh, you know, it's a decent song. It's a, it's a likable song. Again, I think he has the horns way too low in the mix on this. Um, for as good as the horn line can be in it, um, you know, he talks about there's a, there's this reference the cowboy you're fired, which I always wondered if that was an inside joke about the firing of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis within the time. Oh, interesting. Part no, of maybe. Part yeah, of there, maybe. Right? And there's a sample of the bird, the song, the bird right. appears within this. So a lot of like kind of reflection and kind of exploring the times kind of legend or the myth of the time. I mean, it's decent. It's, 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 it's okay. I think Prince's rap in this is pretty solid. Um, again, you know, there's so many sounds I think he's putting. He's throwing so many different types of sounds and effects onto this, the drum sounds, his own vocal sounds, yeah. everything. So from a production standpoint, I think it's interesting. In terms of the actual creation of the song, it's it's okay. Like I'm not, a, I don't hate it. I don't think it's great. It's it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that this is the best time track on the album by by a wide stretch for me. Huh. Um, and I think that's probably because Prince is fully on it. Gotcha. Um, it, I feel like it bounces along this tune in an interesting way. So, and it makes me ask this question, and I don't have an answer to this, and this is just something I'm. With. I, I do, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, what, what you got? So, but listening to this and 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 hearing them really mesh together, Prince and the Time, it makes me wonder. What would have happened if Prince had made the time his backing band for real? Oh. Like a revolution or a new power generation. Like, that could have been interesting. Prince and the time, if that was a full entity, what would that have sounded like? I mean, the time could play. Sure. You know? And so... It's just it's just like a what if to that that is interesting to think about for me as a little thought exercise. Yeah. So yeah, the latest fashion. I think it's I think it's okay. I, I will say though that the line "If your birth control is fooling me, you'd better get abortions" is a little questionable. Yeah, I saw that too. I that, just kind of skimmed one, over that. That one's one. a, little a little tough. Little, yeah, that one's a little tough. Like, I'll let that one go. That one's a little tough, but uh, yeah, I th- I do think this is the best time track on here. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I just want to. I know we're at some point we'll have. You know, decide how we want to review. Right, we're going those, to tackle those eventually. Yeah, like, the, like time, the time, Sheila E, the and family, the family the side projects. Yeah, um, you know, when '89 rolls around, Prince is putting together an album called Corporate World, which is going to be the Times' next album. Yeah, just more stay on it. Yeah, with other whatever him playing, maybe just he and Morris playing the other instruments. Warner Brothers insisted that they pull the time back together. Yeah, so Prince had a sort of. A, you know, I had to cave into that, so yeah. to speak, and allow Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, Monty Moyer, it's all come back, all the all to come back, and they wanted more say in the material, yeah. which you would find on the album Pandemonium, which was released around the time of this right. album as well. Right. Um, so just just as an aside, yeah. Um, well, you know, yeah. let me just say too, as an aside, Morris has said on several occasions, including his autobiography, which is a great read, um, that 
I mean, who knows how true this is, but that he felt like the time had gotten so good as a band that Prince felt threatened by them. Yeah. He has said that a few no, times. I think that's true. And I think you'd hear it from even Revolution members. Right. I've heard interviews with Lisa and others yeah. where at Fink, Matt Fink, about how good they were, how tight yeah. they were. Um, but they offer different things. Like Prince was obviously trying to do something different with his material totally. and cross over where that was more, like you said, maybe the funk outfit yeah. or the funk version of Prince that he right. could be true to the funk, so right. to speak. The other thing, though, too, is when Prince fires Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis is when everything kind of just implodes. Yeah. Because Morris doesn't feel great about it. The other members of the band are Don't like... feel great about it. Yeah. They bring in new players. Right. Morris stops showing up to rehearsals, even when Purple Rain is going on. Yeah. Morris is like, I, I don't really want to deal with this right. stuff at all because you kind of just jacked my whole group that I right. put together. And, so, and then yeah. when you look at how successful Jimmy Jam and Terry Oof. Lewis became... Yeah, oh my God. I mean, that's a, that's a bitter pill to swallow. I'm sure. You know? Yeah. Well, they got so. it all together for, for Graffiti Bitch. We'll talk about how that works for the movie, though. Right. But yeah, as exactly. I did. So let's go on to the next track. It's one called uh, Melody Cool. Well, here's what I think. First of all, anything with the mighty and indomitable Mavis Staples automatically raises its stock by a thousand percent, right? Mavis yeah. Staples. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I would presume a lot of folks who listen to us know Mavis Staples, but if you don't, um, and I understand why you wouldn't because she wasn't never like a pop star, no. but Mavis Staples is a legend. She was in the gospel group, folk group. With her family called the Staple Singers, her father and her two sisters. So good. Um, so good. Um, if you go and see, uh, by the way, uh, Quest Love produced the movie yep. Summer of Love. S- Summer, Summer of Soul. Summer of Soul, my bad, I'm sorry. Summer, Summer of Soul. Soul. Um, you'll see the Staple Singers in that. If you see Last Waltz. Yes, the band's The Last Waltz. Yeah. The Staple Singers are also in that. Yeah. Yeah. Mavis Staples is a legendary vocalist, um, so soul vocalist, gospel vocalist, primarily because she ha- always had this deep, Husky voice, oh, like really such unique, a great voice, such yeah. a great voice, and she's yeah. also just like an outstanding, stellar human being. Um, I've seen Mavis live, oh. uh, and she and she's eighty years old, still blows the roof. I'm off. sure she does. Um, so anyway, yes, back to this track. Anything with Mavis on it is is totally. I'm here for it. Um, I like that here on this track, Prince, and this is I think a rare thing for Prince. He calls out the hypocrisy of the devout sometimes. Like hmm. you're running around talking about saving souls when they good when they know good and plenty. They got enough trouble trying to save their own. Good catch there. I, yeah. I, I like him doing yeah. that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. This song feels. I'll be curious what you think about this. This feels the most new jack swingy to me. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. That's yeah. The first note I was new yeah. jack swinging. It's, it's the right? most new jack swing. Super. Um, duper but new jack swing. Be, but the presence of Mavis Staples. I think elevates it out of its genre and, and she makes it her own. So I dig Melody Cool. I dig it. I have kind of a reverse idea. I, I think, unfortunately, the new Jack Swing production dominates dilutes it, dilutes her, it. her vocal. I, 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 I write Hi Mavis. I mean, she's amazing. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the one note I have about this. You know, what can you say? The only thing for me is the production. It's fun. Lots of stuff going on. But to me, and you made this comment, I forget what song it was on the album, on this album. Um, that you mentioned this sort of same idea. Everything sounds so separate in the, in the mix yeah. that I think it dilutes her power of her vocal. Like Interesting. It, it would have sounded better with a more acoustic arrangement than yeah. all this digital sampling yeah. all around her. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I hear that. I think it just, it just takes away from the power of, you could just trust her voice and let it ride it. Right. And he, he threw all this production on top of it to right. make it more relevant for the time yeah. with the new Jack Swing approach. And I think it actually takes away from that a little bit for me. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I mean, I, I don't I don't necessarily agree, but I get that. Yeah. I get that. Got it. Yeah. Um, great. So now we move on to track 15 of Graffiti Bridge. This is called Still Would Stand All Time.
Ted, if you had to stand all for all time, your knees aren't great. So you have a lot of issues there. You have a yeah. bad ankle, bad knees. Yeah. How would that go? Uh, I wouldn't stand for all time. That's for sure. That's there, for there, sure. There would be a collapse. There would be a collapse fairly, fairly shortly yeah. into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So good. So uh, <laughs> I have like, my God, this is good. I love the gospel feeling behind this, right? Um, and he also is leaning a little bit into his show tune gear, a little yeah. bit showing up in this, right? Lyrics to me are familiar. There's echoes of the cross here. There's echoes of the ladder here, uh-huh. you know. But I love the vamp at the end. I think the vamp is so good. Maybe only Mash. There's an album coming up, that simple album we were just talking about just a second or two ago. The Sacrifice of Victor. He does a kind of a gospel kind of vamp at the end. Maybe only matches what he's doing here on this track. I love the steels on the backing vocal. We got the entire time singing on this as well. Um, I like this track. I think it's a good track, a very gospely track. I'm, I, I, don't, I wouldn't stand for all time, but I still like the song. Fair enough. Um, so for me, well, I, I have a lot of thoughts about this one. Cool. I, lo- I love how it begins with that gong, conga-like yeah. single beat, which is sort of interesting. Yeah. There's an unusual vocal melody line. It, 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 it's unusual. And I appreciate how, how odd it is. The rhythm of it feels strange to me. This song feels like a very 70s, big, sweeping, like, epic prog rock song to Mm, me. Something like Yes would have done. Um, Mm. There's that flute in there, which I like. There are things in the music throughout the track that are slightly discordant. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't quite mesh together, which is intentional, I, I presume. And that makes it interesting, too, to me. Having said all that, I'm not sure I like it. I'm not sure I dislike it, hmm. but I'm not sure that I like it. Um, it and I'm going to slightly differ from something you said. I think this feels like it wants to be a gospel song, but to me, it never quite gets there. It's never quite fully there. Okay. Maybe because of all these other weirdo things that are in it. So um, I'm not crazy. Well, like I said, I don't know if I like it or dislike it. It just hmm. it, I find it so strange that I can't quite put a put my finger Interesting. on it. Interesting. Yeah. That's okay. my take on that All one. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Um, should we talk about the next one then? If we just, if you can't make a decision on this, we'll just move on. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is the title track, folks. We're not done with the album, but, but this is the title track. The title track. So the next song is called. You want to make, take a crack at how you can say it? Graffiti Bridge. Yeah. Did you want to go to Graffiti Bridge? No. How come now? No. This. Please, please share your thoughts and feelings. This track doesn't work for me <laughs> at, at all. First of all, lyrically speaking, it's swimming in the same seas as the previous track. It's the same kind of stuff. Um, the guitar riff is very Queen-like to me. Yeah. Which I think is weird. Yeah. Um, this feels like, I mean, what, and what I suppose it is, like the grand finale of a story, right? Yeah. Where everything is coming together. And Xanadu a, stuff. No. Right, and a lesson is being given. <laughs> but it feels saccharine. It feels obvious to me. It's, yeah. a sent- it's a sentimentality that I just don't care for personally. Yeah. And um, bear with me here, but I think it's as poor of a closer. I know it's not the full closer of the album. But it, for me, it's as poor of a closer as the first track to this mm. to this narrative. Like mm. whatever this narrative is of Graffiti Bridge, and I'll, I'll say this, folks: uh, as of this listening or recording, I still haven't watched the film. By Graffiti the Bridge. way, that's a good point because I remember I was giving the, the Parade album some shit about yeah. it not reflecting the movie. Now, again, I'm with you, I never got through the full movie. Right, right. But I get that's a great point. I have no sense by these songs what the maybe spirituality is part of it, but like beyond that, I have no idea what the movie's about. Right. I listen to these songs. I have a sense of the movie. Right. I mean, that, that's how I feel. I wasn't like, even thinking about it. That's true. Yeah. Like, I just I don't know what it's telling me about the narrative that yeah, we're on. Except no, it's supposed to point. be like, hey, we're all going to come together, and and everyone wants to be a graffiti bridge. That's great. I, I, I this sounds so. I don't know what like musical theatery big chorus number at the end. Everyone comes out and they're hugging each other, and I just I just I don't like it. Like I don't like it at all. Actually, okay. and I was surprised. And how strong my reaction was. I'm not surprised that you have had that reaction to it. Not really? At all. No, God, no. I mean, I wrote down what the fuck is this? Oh, you did. You saw. So I mean, similarly. the first time I listened to it, I was like, "What in the fuck is yeah. he doing with this song?" Yeah. Um, it's show tune time. That's what yeah. I wrote with, with extra yeah. points. 
there's a, a song again. It's funny how now, again, with this going back and re-listening and thinking of the next albums, there's a lot of tie-ins between this album and leapfrogging over Diamonds and Pearls up to the Simple album. There's a song on there called Three Chains of Gold. I'm, I'm sorry to give you this away before we do the podcast. I do not like that song at all. Yeah. Similar to this. It's like an operatic kind of weird yeah. show tune thing that he does. And he's always wanted to put something on stage in Broadway. He's yeah. always wanted to. That was always a, a something I think he was on his bucket list. Yeah. To do. He never quite got it done. But he tries it here. I have to say this, though. There is a moment. I listen to the beginning. I'm like, I'm like you. It's saccharine. It's bullshit. What is he trying to do here? It's just it's it's beneath him. It's, it's silly. Yeah. There's a moment halfway through the song, I'm just going to be honest, when he, it's only Prince's voice, uh-huh. gorgeously harmonizing, Yeah. where I'm like, okay, there. that melts me a little bit. You're right. And then after that, I kind of like, I find myself bobbing to a little bit. Uh-huh. And so maybe I like the song a little bit more than me with when I start with, I liked it more at the end than when it began. I'll put, okay. I'll just say that. I okay. still don't like the song. Right. I mean, it's, I'm like, what the fuck, you know, right. but there's 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 little pieces in here that make it maybe somewhat like you wouldn't completely want to like pour gasoline on it and set it right. on fire. Right. <laughs> now the next song. <laughs> yeah. Track 17. <laughs> New Power Generation Part 2. What do you got? What? Can I repeat something? Please. What the fuck is this? Like, what? If Graffiti Bridge was like, what the, why is he trying to end with? Why the thought that this should end the album? I agree. I agree. You know? And here's what I say. And here's, you know, we talked about what's going on in the music landscape at this time. Rap is huge. Crushing. This is Prince throwing the towel. Right. In my mind. Okay? Prince and, Prince and the rap, the idea of rap, have got a few rounds before this, right? Right. They, right. You've House talked about Quake this. Right. was a KO. He knocked right. the fuck out. Right. Dead On It, which we haven't talked about yet because it's on the Black Album, we'll get to it at some point, is like a TKO. He, it's another right. knockout. Him saying, rappers suck. What right. do you think you do? You're off key. You have no sense of sense. But now he's saying, you know what? Rap. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, right. just rap. Right. So he lets this guy do the rap. And when he starts, it's so pedestrian and so just... Ah, uh, there's yeah. nothing to the rap. What he talks about it doesn't make any. I, I just, I, I hate it. <laughs> like I yeah. really hate the song, and I hate that I know that this is going to be a feature of his music for the next couple of albums that he's like trying to embrace now, rap yeah. and incorporate it in his style. And it's just, it's not done with the brilliance of things like Housequake and Dead on it. I, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, first of all, it's just a reprise of what we heard earlier. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing more yeah, to a, it. You mentioned it was a reprise. Right. It's just a reprise, except that there's the rap in the middle of it. It's it's certainly not needed at all. No. And and what whatever I think about Graffiti Bridge aside, it feels super odd to end after this, to end this after the song that was clearly the finale. Absolutely. Like, whatever I think of Graffiti Bridge, it's the finale. And so to have this come on, you're like, what? what is this weird little thing on here? So I couldn't agree with you more. I, right. I, I agree. It, it does, doesn't, doesn't you hear work. hear Prince say, come on, bring the big noise. Yeah, like, yeah. come on, dude, you're not. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You're not public enemy. Yeah, I Don't agree. try to be. You're, no, you're better yeah, than that. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean. I love public enemy. You know what I mean? You right, don't no, have to try you don't to be have, You don't have to force yourself. Yeah. Don't put the round peg in the but square I hole. I think he saw the right on the wall. If yeah. you want to be relevant in R&B tracks, you're going to have to have some rap yeah, in there. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I hear that. And he, I think he gets successful with some use of it in some subsequent albums, but I don't, you know, anyways. Right. Yeah, so man, two kind of duds to end the album, for, for sure, I yeah, would say. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so here we will go with our categories, yeah. um, where we we tackle both Oof. halves of this record. Good mercy. Ed, favorite track? We're not doing the top three like <laughs> we're not doing. No, we're not. I can do a tie though, right? Maybe. Yeah, you can have a tie. I mean, because it's really hard. Elephants and flowers right. is always my favorite, but join repetition. Is sure, that's I will. Allow and it's that. even harder to do question if you like. It's hard for right. me to ignore that. But of those two, um, if you're saying what song would have to exist on the planet and if one couldn't exist and one could exist. I'd say join repetition. Okay. But I love Elephants and Flowers. I really do. Mine is Elephants and yeah, Flowers. It's yeah, so good. Elephants and Flowers. Yeah. Least favorite. God, can we can I add multiples? You can have, yeah. I mean, I honestly, have two. It's the last song. The very I mean, I can almost like I mentioned, Graffiti Bridge, I don't hate it as much as this when the song ends, so I'll give it some credit for that. But that new that reprise, New Power Generation, God, why? There's no reason. I, I have a tie for my least favorite. Yeah. It's it's Graffiti Bridge and and I 
can't stop this feeling I got. I really dislike over it that the, much. Over the last last song? Yeah, yeah, over it. Really? I dislike it that much. You don't, you like, you dislike I Can't Stop This Feeling I Got more than the New Power Generation 2 with the rap in it? Correct. <sighs> yeah. My goodness, dude. That's how much I dislike it. Wow. What's the most interesting track? Joint Repetition. I also have Joint yeah, Repetition. Yeah, it's just, uh, that story, The everything about it is just, uh, it's endlessly... Because of the cinematic feel. I, I, I agree. It. I agree. Love it. And what is the track that shows the future? Sadly, I got to say the last one. Because this is, again, Prince nodding, saying, guess what, guys? I was kind of against rap. Now I'm going to give that a go. I'm going to try to incorporate more rap into my music. I think that's I think that's a good assessment. And I think, I'll think i be curious what you think about mine. I also want to join Repetition for this. Okay. Because he's going to dive into these waters again. Not, not I don't just mean he plays Join Repetition later, but like sort of exploring that more avant-garde jazz stuff, Rainbow Children, oh, all wow. this sort yeah, of stuff. Oh, yeah, wow, right? so But I think that, I think Join Repetition is like the, here it comes, and it's coming down the line. Well, it's, what's funny is, like I said, what what was really popped to me on this re-listen was, again, some of the threads that pop over to Symbol album, like, yeah. These in the Temple, to me, goes to seven. They're, they're like I said, it's they're kissing like, cousins. Again, it's yeah. interesting, because I never really thought about that before yeah. in the context of his catalog, but that was quite a revelation for me on this re-listen. Yeah, so yeah. It's, been, it's been a really cool, and it also, I have to say, as it's been one of the few times I've gone back, and I really loved an album at yeah. a time, and I go back now, and I'm like... It's not maybe as good as I thought it was when I first listened to it. There you so this go. This is one of those rare occasions where that would probably be true. And to that end, like, go right into your overall impression. I mean, you sort of said it right there, but is there more you want to add to that? No, I mean, I don't know if I have any really more deep thoughts about the album. I just think that it's interesting he decided to do a soundtrack and incorporate other artists in. I yeah. think that was a very unique move for him. And to release singles from those folks. Yeah. He I didn't don't, have to release singles he didn't have from to do that. Tevin and Ma- Mavis no, and those guys. No, definitely not. And, and The Time. The yeah. Time had their own album with single yeah. releases. Why would he really shake? Like right, it doesn't, right. it's really odd to me, his, his thought process with when he does single releases anyway. I mean, at the time, I really thought it was a really cool production. I thought it showed his production chops. He was able to incorporate New Jack and the style at that time. But it does. It sounds dated now. It sounds really dated. Yeah. But there's some classic tracks in here. So I can't say <clears throat> dismiss this album by any stretch. I think there's a lot of greatly well-crafted songs mm-hmm. in here. Mm-hmm. But they're not epic. There's not as many epics as some of the, of course, previous albums that we've reviewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel, so for me, this project feels thrown together, at least because partially it was, right? Assembled from odds and ends from other projects in the past and everything. Yeah. And and whereas I think, and bear with me on this, like, whereas I think Batman sounds better to me upon re-listen, this sounds worse to me. Yeah, I mean... And and, I mean, part of that is the production, but it's not just because of the production. Like I said, I'm a fan of New Jack Swing, and though that may be dated, I don't think that's the issue. I I don't think many of these songs are particularly good. Mm. Um, There's Other than a few tracks, but there's not much on this album that I would want to revisit truthfully on any kind of regular basis um and i wonder if this is a case of him biting off more than he could chew with trying to get this huge album together along with doing the film at the same time um the batman project in retrospect retrospect energized him i think this feels like it's weighing him down a little bit oh interesting and and what i wonder and the question i pose to our listeners out there and to you ed and Mm -hmm. would he have been better like i think this could have been a killer single disc album yeah. There's a wow. lot of, there's a lot of, like, cut all the time stuff, cut Tevin, cut, and I love Mavis, cut Mavis, really hone, whittle this down. If you've got an album that's like, I don't know, I'm doing this off my top of my head, but if this is like Thieves in the Temple, um, Joy and Repetition, We Can Funk, uh, Elephants and Flowers, The Question of You, and maybe New Power Generation Part One. That's a way stronger record to me. You know, I think, I think too, like you, we may be hitting that point in someone's career um, where, again, like I said at the top of the pod, um, there were some other trends that were kind of gaining ground on Prince. Like he wasn't, he wasn't quite quite the trendsetter anymore. New Jack right. Swing was incredibly riding up the charts, and, and, and that happened without him. And yeah, like, he, it wasn't yeah, him who created. He, was, he didn't right. create that song, that right. sound. And rap, which he's been, he was fighting and making fun of for a good part of his career, right. was just dominant, dominating right. things. And here you have a guy who I feel, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with you in terms of what maybe the selection could have been. I feel if he could have leaned into more of an acoustic gospel, this is about, this whole project, I think, was supposed to be about spirituality. You know what? Fuck it. Go with gospel. Yeah. Go gospel. Make a gospel Lean record. Lean into Mavis. Right. Lean into Still Withstand All Time. 
question of you, those hand claps, that acoustic stuff, and say fuck it to the trend. Right. Which he typically was doing. He was leading. Right. Here, here was a guy who felt like maybe, and I'm sure I'm, I'm speaking out of turn with Prince, maybe feeling, like you said, not confident that he could crack and get a big hit. He wanted to get a big hit out of this. Yeah. So he felt like, I got to adopt New Jack Swing yeah. to make it a big hit to album. Make it a big he hit. didn't trust enough of the material to say, if I just do a gospel album, like, I can't afford to go back and have a, a dud come out. Right. After I've kind of done what I did to get Batman yeah. to be a best big yeah. seller. Yeah. You know, I went in with that commercialization stuff. Right. And maybe he didn't trust himself completely. Well, and I think that reflects know? in the sales, right? I mean, Batman sold two million copies and one year later. This sold 500,000. Yeah. And it's a double album. So, you know, again, harder to sell that as right. a double versus a single. Mm-hmm. To your point, maybe it would have sold much better as a single. I agree with you. Whittle it down a bit. Um, and of course, the movie is an absolute, God bless. I don't a want disaster. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. So there again was another Prince saturization. Right. People just Prince fatigue. Right. And here he comes with another movie project, which feels like an incredible vanity project. And Knock this dude off his pedestal. Yeah, I think that's right. Knock this dude off his pedestal. He was truly at a crossroads in his career, and the the and all the music crosswinds. Were yeah, just man, all... there was a lot of stuff happening, yeah. and he he got caught in the crossfire of that. I think. I think so. Yeah. So, how many Prince symbols do you give it? That being said, I'd still give it three and a half. Oh, three and a half. That's pretty high. Uh, but I mean, when you have songs like "Joy and Repetition," "Question right. of You" in it, "Elephants and Flowers," I like the first song. I know you hate it. I yeah. actually like it. I think there's other songs there. I like listening to this album straight through. I yeah. don't mind it so much. It sounds a lot more dated now. But um, yeah, I don't think it's a crazy awful album. I just think that it's not at the quality of some of his other stuff. <clears throat> yeah, that's fair. I, I would. I'm only going to go two and a half. Um, honestly, I, at one point I was, you like, went, you went three for Batman. I did. And a half. Okay. I enough. did. I went three for Batman because I was more intrigued by the ideas on Batman. I think that the good stuff on here is really, really good. There's yeah. no question about it. It's really, really good, but it feels bloated to me. And the stuff I don't like, I really don't like. Hmm. And, it, um, and it, 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 I think the size of it weighs it down. Like if this, again, if this had been a single al- album, this would be a three and a half star. This would be maybe a four star. Here's, here's the thing I'll say, and it mean your score is your score. I could live in a world where anything off the Batman album didn't exist in the world. Right. I could not live in a world where joint repetition, question of you did not exist. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, sure. That's why, even with the other stuff around it, if you want to call sure. it filler, call it duddy stuff. Sure. That's why that album just album just contains more value to me. Sure, in terms of uh, and that's again that's totally fair. That's totally yeah. fair. I think that I think though for me, just to go back to the comparison you just made, is that for the most part, I think this is correct. For the most part, the stuff on the Batman record was wholly new for that record. Now that doesn't mean it's always successful. Most of it was. Yeah, yeah good. Most of it was, and so there's a lot of new, fresh ideas because he was energized by the movie and the, and even and some of the other stuff was coming from that album he was trying to put together. For right, exactly. Enjoy, Whereas this is so a pastiche of things from the past and blah 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 and so forth and so on. Uh, that's why I, that's part of it for me. Like I, I feel I don't feel the sense of energy in this that I feel in the Batman soundtrack, okay. except for. Join repetition, and I like these in the temple better than you. But I like yeah. these in the temple a lot, or you know, the week in funk and things like yeah, that. I mean, funk. Yeah, definitely. you know, so yeah, that's my that's, that's my that's my score on that one. And I know that there are some pretty serious graffiti bridge heads out there. I says I gather, so I apologize to y'all. That's all good, and I think, and, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm having this thought right now. What we should have done is offered the question of our score and not gave it as a cliffhanger for season two opener. We <laughs> yes, we should have done that. <laughs> no, um, I think no, the, all your points. I well taken. Well, I think both. I think well both. Taken. I think both of these yeah, are, are well. I mean, I think argue, these are well thought out arguments on either side. Yeah. Um, excellent. So we'll move on to dig if you will a picture. <laughs> what was wow, that? What was that? What was that? Dig if you will the picture. Ed, what's your take on this picture? Do you want me to go first? You, you go first. What do you think about it? Well, this one is not a favorite of mine. Okay. Um, I it I feel like it's trying to do something similar slightly. It's like for me, it's like some weird combo of the Sign of the Times cover and Around the World in a Day cover. Yeah, it's a little mix of it's things. It's a little mix of things, yeah. and it's just not hitting the mark for me at all. Yeah. I feel like it's a little too bright. It's a little too cartoony. It's a little too much. So this is not a favorite. I don't like this one. Yeah, I mean, it looks like an album for a soundtrack for, I'm sorry, it looks like a soundtrack 
for um, a film that probably was really bad. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. Yeah, it does. I mean, sadly, it does. I'm with you. I, I had the same thought about it looks like the sign of the times because he's, he's he's in, in the, the lower corner. corner. Now yeah. he's fully. It's not blurred out. Right. Whatever. And then there's just it's like if you took I don't know if you've ever seen the I Wish You Heaven video. There's just random things floating through the screen. Yeah. It looks like this is still from that. You have I think it's Ingrid Chavez who's in the movie is the person up on the left side. Who's, yeah. Who's played like done the voice in Love, Sexy, and other things? She's in the movie. Yeah, it's 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 it's. Nothing. And and moreover, like again, it doesn't tell us anything about the film. No, at all. It doesn't. It doesn't tell no. you anything about the film. You no, know? it doesn't. At not. least with the Purple Rain cover, you're like, okay, well, at that and the parade covers, because yeah. if nothing else, the parade cover, even though it's just him, it's black and white. He's got the parade look, yeah, right? Like that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Purple Rain. We had the. You know, we got it. He's got, there's the motorcycle. There's Apollonia in the background. Like, there's something going on there between them. Okay. This is like telling me nothing. Do you remember when you went into, you did the Paisley Park tour? Yes. And there was some murals painted on the walls. Yes. What do you think of those murals? Um, I, I think I liked them at oh, the time. Yes, I, remember looking I don't at me, remember. I remember looking at being like, these don't, I'm not so impressed by maybe, these maybe, I might be thinking of the wrong thing. Yeah, maybe. But I think he had some local, I mean, no offense to anybody who came in and did that work. I didn't think they were that compelling. I thought they were right. just kind of almost like it felt like some high schooler would put like stuff. I think on I their probably wall. you know what I'm sorry. You know what I'm thinking about is like the around the world in a day sky. Uh, oh yeah, yeah no, no yeah. you're talking about the there's, sort of there's, the, there's yeah. some murals painted. Right. This reminds me of that. Like it just feels like I don't know. It just feels like. I don't even say like not, I, I don't even like the font of no, the in the yeah. color of the yellow. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It's it's. This is probably what my least, yeah. yeah. Like in the in the context again of where we've been, this is probably my least favorite. I'm going to exclude Batman because I feel like it doesn't even count. Yeah, nice, yeah. But like my least favorite since the Prince cover that yeah. just like that windswept. Yeah, him in a void cover. No, I'm with you. you know? I'm with you. I mean, it's tied up there with Love Sexy for me. Is yeah. one that I'm not a big huge fan of. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's to give you. I feel picture. like we're like leaving season one with such a negative. Well, mood. we're not quite done yet because we got to do the movies and you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's all right. We're not quite done. Yeah. Um, but Ed, do we have? Of course. Another question for you. The question of you. What's our question? Jared, I have a question for you and others. Yes, not for others. Not, not just for not, me. Not exclusively. You have many me. questions for me. <laughs> that's, that's so true. <laughs> um, so you mentioned, or we both talked about, in Thieves of the Temple, Yusa Harmonica. Yes. Very rare to hear that. Very rare to hear not that. Not the first time, though. Prince put it in a song. Not the first time, Jared. And you're thinking, wait, we just reviewed all his albums. I don't remember that happening. Good thinking. Because. <laughs> I was thinking that, yeah. though. Because he, there's harmonica in an extended version of one of his big hits from the 80s. Ooh. Okay? And it has harmonica on it. And from my, as far as I know, that's the only other use of a harmonica on one of his tracks. Like in the entirety of his catalog. As far as I know. So, name it. It was a big hit for him. This isn't like some obscure track. But it's the extended version. It's the 12-inch of the of the single. And it has harmonica towards the end of, the, of that extended version. Name that song. All right. Tell us the name of this song that is an extended version of a Prince's, one of Prince's big hits from the 80s that also has harmonica on it. That's a good one. That's a good question. Some of them aren't so great. <laughs> compared to the I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, excellent. So, thank you. That's Folks, gonna wrap what up. What a great journey we're on. We're still doing, we still have more things to do. We still, still have more things to do, but we, like, the first chunk of this journey, all of the albums, we are now complete. And where does our hero go from here? Where does our hero go from here? I, we're gonna find out, and I'm yeah. excited to learn about it. There might be diamonds and pearls involved. It might be, there might be diamonds and pearls. We'll find out soon. And he enough. rethinks his band, like, it, it gets interesting. Well, get this nice pivot here. The, the, and, yeah. And then we get into, because I know you were saying, I remember you mentioned this way in the, one of the earlier podcasts, then the Warner Brothers thing starts to come And then out. the Warner Brothers thing. a lot of interesting stuff Yeah, going on so much that. goes on. And there's going to be a, a few albums down the road that are going to be certainly multi-part, multi-part episodes for us. I mean, Emancipation alone could be its own series. A whole like season, one season of, of Emancipation. Emancipation yeah. the crystal Ball. The crystal Ball. Yeah, yeah. so, so there's, there's lots of stuff to come. Thanks so much for joining us on this journey let us know what you like let us know yeah. what you don't like if you would please give us a rate and review on apple tell your friends or spotify about us. post something tell your friends. So yeah give it a listen Why yeah not? yeah and reach out ed and i are both very very i'm very lonely and i have lots of spare time <laughs> um that sounds creepier than it means <laughs> 
Just reach. We're very available on social media, so reach out and let us know what you think of the of the show. So, um, we'll you'll be hearing from us soon because we're going to come back with some movie pods. Yes, little short movie pods, and then uh, we'll be back to see you in season two of When Doves Podcast. Bye, everybody.